So as a follower of Jesus, you awake every morning with a choice. Are you going to listen to the world today? Or are you going to listen to the Lord? Are you going to obey culture or your creator? And in these next few weeks, we're going to be addressing this concept of how culture says one thing, the world says another, Lord says another. Who do we listen to? How do we as Christian followers make our choices? What do we know is truth? And what do we know what we're supposed to do when we face these decisions? Now, what we need to understand is a lot of times the world and the Lord, these things usually never agree. Usually they never see eye to eye and the news, politics, TV, singers, they're all going to say one thing while the Lord says something completely different. So we're going to look at that in this series. And so I wanted to start out with a little bit of an illustration to help us understand the importance or the weight of this, because what you can do is you can put all of your weight. So the weight of your decisions, the weight of your beliefs on what you're going to pick on a regular basis, you can set that on the world or you can set that on the word. But let me warn you, because when you set the weight of your beliefs, the weight of your decisions upon that of culture and the world, it can't hold up. It can't hold up to scrutiny. It can't hold up to anything because the truth is the world isn't built on truth. It's built on lies. The world isn't built on life. Instead, it's built on the enemy whose sole job is to try and trick us and to try and hurt us into believing something that is not true. So when you put all of your weight on culture, on the world, it will fail you every single time. But Instead, when you decide, okay, I'm going to put my weight then on what the word of God says, what the creator of the universe says, that's what I will put my weight on. That's what I will back with my decisions. That's what I will listen to whenever I'm faced with a decision because the word of the Lord, it can withstand weight. It can withstand scrutiny. It can withstand your doubts in the world. It can withstand it all. Because it is true and it is life. And that's how it's different from culture. This is why we think it's so important. And that's why we're spending the next few weeks on it. But here's what you need to understand. You can't choose both. You can't listen to and agree with the world while also saying that you're a Christian and you want to agree with the word. You have to choose one or the other. You can't sit in the middle and not pick a side. Because by doing that, you'll end up siding with the world. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love this world, nor the thing it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. Now, there's a very particular topic that I felt led to address tonight in this series. It's been very prominent in culture in the last few years. And that is the idea of feminism, patriarchy, man-hating. Now, tonight we're going to look at what does the Bible have to say about these things as compared to culture and the world? And we're going to answer the questions that you might have of, should women be angry about the way that they're treated? Is that justifiable according 
to the word? As a strong woman, do you have to be against men in order to be a leader? And should men, should they put up with the anger out of guilt because they look around and they see an imperfect world and they think, yeah, that's all right. Women can be mad. They can be angry. They can mistreat me. Now, please understand, I am a woman. Hopefully that was clear. You guys knew that? Okay, cool. I am a woman. There are other women in here. Hi, other women. Hi. There are also men in here. I know. I know. I know. I know. Now, women, this message, it's for you. But men, this message is also for you. So don't just tune me out because I'm starting to talk about these things that maybe you're like, oh, that's not for me to hear. I'm just going to pretend like I don't hear them. It's a discussion for all of us that the Lord wants us here tonight. And I'll be honest. There have been times where I have been angry, angry at the world, angry at men for times that I felt like I was mistreated or held back because of my gender. Is there such thing as sexism? Absolutely. Is there such thing as misogynists who hate women? Absolutely. But do you know what my anger did? Nothing. It didn't fix anything. It didn't make my situation any better. It didn't make me any more powerful. It didn't make those people any weaker. It just made me all the more miserable. Yes, there are bad men out there. There are also bad women for that matter. Yes, there are some men that get it wrong. But where is the line? Where are we biblically defensible for what our stance on this topic is? What do we need to stand firm on while culture and politics might say another thing? Now, I recently went and saw the Barbie movie. Speaking of culture, um, how many of you have seen the Barbie movie? Okay. I understand. There are Barbie movie fans in this room. How many of you dressed up as Barbie for Halloween? There's at least one of you. Oh, see, there's one of you. Okay. Brock has a sweatshirt that says, I am Knuff. He does. He's literally wearing it tonight. Now, I know a lot of people love this movie. I know a lot of people have seen this movie. And I'm not going to bash you if you enjoyed the movie. In fact, if you're a man and you were able to sit through that movie without getting extremely angry, that's so impressive to me. Like, honestly, if you can have that good of sense of humor, if you can take a joke and just say, all right, it's fine if I'm the butt of the joke sometimes, honestly, I really do admire that. But as I was watching that movie, I was thinking, wow, I feel as if this movie is speaking for all women. And I don't necessarily agree with the message or the premise. Even if you haven't seen the movie, the movie poster literally says, she's Barbie. He's just Ken. Just Ken. Now, I was talking to one of my friends from high school about this movie, and we usually see eye to eye on things, and she's like, man, I just enjoyed the Barbie movie. It was so much fun. I loved seeing it. And I just kind of got quiet, and she's like, 
do you not agree? And I was like, um, not really. I just didn't necessarily agree with the message that it spoke, but I thought parts were funny and I thought it was fun sometimes to watch. And she's like, well, how can you not agree with the message? I don't understand. And I said, I don't agree that men are unnecessary. I don't agree that men are superfluous or secondary. I don't believe any of those things. That just doesn't align with what I've been taught. And she's like, well, but women have had that message in movies for years and years and years. That's always been the narrative for women. Isn't it time that we get even? Isn't it time that we get represented? And for once the men are the secondary characters. And I thought in my head, why does anyone have to be secondary? Why does anyone have to be treated as less than or not enough? Why is that okay? And even more than that, why do we feel the need to get vengeance? How is that going to get us anywhere? This completely goes against the teachings of God and his word. And if you saw the movie and you enjoyed it, I'm not bashing you at all. There's funny parts. The clothes are amazing. But there's some parts where it's like, is that really what we're going to say all women feel and all women believe? It's not what God says in his word. Number one, not one of his creations, especially 50% of them are unnecessary men or women to say that half of the world is unnecessary. That's a big statement. Number two, in a world where the enemy is constantly trying to divide and cause hatred, we should be the ones loving and trying to unify, not hating and causing further division. See, Jesus in his ministry, he didn't draw lines. He didn't say, these people can believe in me and these people can't. These people can follow me and these ones can't. These people can be leaders and these ones can't. He never drew lines of exclusion. Instead, he drew circles, big circles that included anyone that wanted to follow him. He never spoke about division being something that we should instill in our lives. Romans 16, 17 says, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you might have been taught. Stay away from them. First Corinthians 1, 10, if that's not enough, it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind united in thought and purpose. Okay, here's another one. You asked for it. You didn't, but I'm giving you one. Jude 119. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, worldly people devoid, which means without the spirit entirely. Guys, I understand there is anger out there. And I was angry for a long time. But tonight, I feel like God wanted to speak to us on this matter. Because if we keep listening to what the world says, we will be filled with rage and hatred. Women will continue to hate men. Men will continue to hate women. Or we can look at how God created us. What his word says about man and woman. And how their roles are key to one another. So in order to do this, we need to go back to the very beginning when God created man and woman. 
Now, many people would say that the creation story from the very beginning of Genesis, that it shows that God favors and thinks that men are superior. Some would even go so far to say that Christians in general have to subscribe to this belief. I mean, after all, Adam came first and Eve came from Adam's rib. Doesn't that automatically mean that the woman is inferior? Well, let's look at what the word says. Genesis 2, 18. So this is the very beginning. God had just created Adam, just created the first man. And then he said, it's not good. It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And to this, he was referring to woman. Now I know you're looking at that verse and you're thinking, helper? Really? Doesn't that kind of mean secondary? Doesn't that kind of mean below or beneath some type of helper, but never the leader? But hold on for a second. Because we need to remember that the Bible wasn't originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew language is very different from English. And sometimes there are not words that properly fit the Hebrew word in English. And so there's a lot of times where sometimes we can struggle and we can misunderstand and we don't understand the richness of the language that it was originally written in to communicate to us. And guys, we can't argue with Hebrew in the original language. No Bible scholar, no politician, no one can argue with the original translations of these words. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. So the word helper suitable that's in that verse, helper suitable. In Hebrew, it is ezer konegdo. You guys know what that means? No, you don't. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So these are God's first two two words that he ever spoke about women. This is the first sentence he ever spoke about women. Now, before we get any further, we need to understand our creation story is one of thousands. There are tons of creation stories out there from different cultures and different religions. Of course, ours is the only true one. But for instance, the Babylonians, they have a creation story very similar to the Christian creation story, except for one detail. There's no mention of woman whatsoever. In fact, all of these cultures have the creation stories. Sometimes they are similar, but if If the woman is mentioned, and that's an if, she is portrayed as weak or fickle. What our Bible says about woman, it's unique. One verse is given in the Bible for the creation of man, while six verses are given for the creation of women. Now, I'm not saying that woman is more important than man. What I am saying is that in all of these creation stories, the living God is making a point. In the very beginning, to include women. Woman is present from the very beginning. And that first word, Ezer, which we translate to helper, has a very different connotation. Ezer is a strong word in Hebrew. It's strong. It carries the idea of someone who aids and strengthens and helps in a way that you can't help yourself. Strengthens in a way that you can't help yourself. It's translated to essential aid. 
in every other place of the Bible where this word Ezer is present. God uses it only to describe himself in relationship to Israel. That's the only other time it's used in the Bible. Now, would you say that the living God is secondary or subservient to Israel? No. But would you say that God helped, aided, and strengthened Israel in a way that they could not sow themselves? Absolutely. That is the meaning of that word. God is not telling women to be quiet, and he's definitely not telling them that they are under or less than or secondary. Now let's look at that second word, konegdo. Now, the only time that this word is present in the Bible is this one instance, the only time in the whole Bible. So God uses one word that is completely unique to women to describe them. And then the other word he uses as a word that he only uses to describe himself. A konegdo is someone who stands opposite of you, holding you accountable and not letting you go any way that you want to go. And Ezer walks side by side, and a Konegdo stands face to face with you. Neither of those things are below. Neither of those things are above. This was God's plan from the beginning. Men of faith fully aligned with women of faith with the Lord against the enemy on each other. We are at our best when we're side by side, working in harmony and unison. Guys, there's enough. There's enough to go around. It doesn't have to be one or the other. One doesn't have to be more dominant or important than the other. That goes against everything that God teaches from the very beginning. Men and women were created to work in a team together because they're better together. That of course goes for the marriage relationship. Of course. It's so beautiful but other relationships as well, it's just as true. Brothers and sisters, classmates, teammates, coworkers, and spouses. We don't have to take from man, and man does not have to take from woman. Patriarchy and feminism, there is no place for either in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says, it's not about you. It's about man and female working together for me. That's who it's about. So stop being a victim. Stop being angry. Stop causing division and instead work together to bring close people closer to me. That was what you were created to do. Now, please do not fall into the trap of hating one another. There have been some men in my life that have doubted me, that have made me feel smaller, that have hurt me in ways, but there have been so many more men in my life that are good and godly and have empowered me and strengthened me and have stood by my side in my corner. About a year ago, Pastor Sean gave me this knife and he gave it to me in a time where I really needed some encouragement. And when he gave it to me, he told me, Madeline, I have your back no matter what. And I will always be in your corner and I will always fight for you. And Pastor Joe, he, d- he didn't give me a knife, but sometimes he'll share his Cinnabon bites with me from Taco Bell. 
And if you know Joe, that's a big deal. That's like a huge deal. He's essentially saying the same thing. Guys, they're, they're brothers to me. And we have each other's back. And it is my prayer that you can have those same relationships in your life. But when it comes to God and what he thinks about women, guys, it's so clear from the very beginning in those two words. Now, God is speaking in Genesis and Old Testament. So you might be thinking, okay, well, what about Jesus in the New Testament? Well, everything that Jesus does in his ministry in the New Testament affirms what God spoke into existence in Genesis. And I could go on on this topic for hours, weeks, months about how Jesus empowers women. But I'll stick with just a couple examples tonight. Jesus grew up in a patriarchal world, way more so than ours is today. Absolutely, men saw women as being inferior, and they absolutely treated them that way. But when it came to Jesus, I think these things speak volumes. The very first person that Jesus ever told, the very first person that Jesus ever revealed that he was a Messiah to, was a woman. And when Jesus rose from the grave and performed the biggest miracle to ever take place on earth, he didn't go to his disciples. He didn't go to anyone in government or his family. He went to two women and revealed himself to them first. Jesus grew up in a Jewish culture. All around him, women weren't treated well. But there was one Jewish tradition that Jesus grew up watching. And it's this religious ceremony. It's just for Jewish people, and it's called Shabbat. And in order to start the Shabbat ceremony, two candles must be lit. And Shabbat is a big deal, a big deal in this culture and to this religion. It's like bigger than Christmas to us. But there's only one person in the household that can light the Shabbat candles and start that ceremony. There's one person. It's the mama. It's the female. So Jesus grew up watching his mom across the table light the Shabbat candles. There's no mystery. Jesus and God, they love their daughters and they love their sons. And I know there's some passages in the Bible, especially in the New Testament written by Paul. They can get misunderstood. They can be taken out of context and weaponized against women. And if I had all the time in the world and you guys were as interested in this topic as me, which you're probably not, I would love to go through these verses with you and explain Paul wasn't a misogynist. Paul loved women. He was trying to help women. He wanted them to be educated. He wanted them to be able to read the word of God because up until that point, that was not allowed for women. We have to be able to look at the context sometimes. We have to be okay with understanding that we can't just get it all from just reading the verse once and moving on. It's the living, breathing word of God for a reason. Because there's depth and there are things that you need to ask questions about, that you should ask questions about. And this is one of them. 
but hopefully you realize that you have a creator who loves you so, so much. And when you really understand that, there won't be anything left. No room for anger. No room for division. Those things, gone. In this way, we must be above culture. We must be counter-cultural. I'll leave you with this. Ephesians 6.12 says, Our fight is not against human beings. It's against the rulers, the authorities, and the power of this dark world. This world is a dark place. And I am so sorry if you've ever been treated badly by a male or a female. Let's remember who the real enemy is. And most importantly, that our God, he loves his sons. He loves his daughters. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we, we want to be good followers of you. We don't want to just go through the motions asleep to the world and what it's saying and just go along with the flow because that's what's easiest. We want to be able to stand on what your word says because it's the only thing that is true and that lasts. So God, remove any veils of deception where the enemy has been lying to us and tricking us without us knowing and reveal yourself to us. Teach us what your word says. Give us discernment in those moments where we don't know which way to turn and then give us the strength to choose you. Help us to love one another. Bind up any of this division that the enemy is constantly sowing in our lives when we're really angry and we're really hurting, help us to remember who the real enemy is. It's not your creations. We love you so much. Thank you for meeting with us here tonight. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.